We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, regular guest on the show, Justin Thomas of Nets Republic. And Justin, we're talking about the Nets' 12th straight win tonight over the Spurs, 139-103. How are we doing? Doing great. Uh, starting 2023 off, just like we ended 2022, a dominating blowout win in which the starters do not play in the fourth quarter. Gotta love it. Yeah, happy new year to Nets fans because the Nets are taking care of business. You know, the last two games easily could have been trap games or games in which the Nets don't show up for, you know, one being New Year's Eve and being two days after New Year's. You wonder, hey, you know, is this team going to be locked in? And they came in locked in. We're going to jump to that in plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But Justin, I guess let's start with Kyrie Irving in that first quarter who dropped 15 points to just kick things off. Uncle Drew, I mean, his the the... The, the season that Kyrie is having is one that I think we all, I think we're just kind of becoming used to at this point, which is scary to say because it's, it's just amazing what he's doing on the court each and every night. But again, tonight, you, and I was, I was interested to see like how he would come out. That's all the nets, you know, especially first game after the new year, um, you know, back home in the friendly confines, but he basically shot out the, the gate, like a cannon. Uh, it was, you know, just his typical uncle drew stuff. And, the oohs and the ahs from the crowd you, you could tell was few the was fueling him uh started off the game i think a perfect five for five or six for six it's just you you could tell it was a, it was going to be a special night for mr irving yeah and that three ball is just on right now and we've talked about it before on this podcast with justin with jack whoever's on when Kyrie's hitting that three ball he just becomes completely unguardable because now you're pressing at that three-point line and with his ball handling and just finishing ability you know anywhere on the floor you're in trouble. And when he's playing juiced up, because it's not only like he was coming in offensively, defensively, he was just super active, just like having one of those games, trying to get steals, trying to block guys at the rim. And then in that second quarter, we saw him get up for a putback dunk that just had Barclays on their feet. Oh my gosh. That was, that was amazing. I I, I watched the And what's crazy about that dunk is that like, like two minutes before he had a crazy like Euro in transition uh, for a layup where I'm like, where you switched hands in midair. Yep. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. Like this. And like, it seems like every other game during this uh, 12 game winning streak, he's been doing something like that in transition. And then the, the, it was funny because the crowd was already like, 
at, at a buzz because of what Utah was doing. Because I think yep. Utah had scored like five straight and was about to get his seventh. Misses that. And all of a sudden, you see this small number 11 coming in like a blur, slamming it down. The whole building goes crazy. Like, it was it, it was absolutely insane. Kyrie Irving has, has, has been wowing Nets fans, has been wowing me for not just this 12-game, you know, winning streak, but most, most of the season, you know, save for the beginning of October and, like, maybe the first part of November. Yeah, I mean, pre-suspension, he was really good. Got suspended, was a little rusty, kind of finding his way back in. A couple games after that, he's been on fire. And I think I saw some stat for December. He's just, you know, scoring 25-plus on, like, 50, 40, 90 for the month of December. And he's just been awesome. Tonight, he finished with 27 points, 11 of 14 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, had 1 steal, 1 block, and was a team-high plus 28. You know, he just did everything. And as you mentioned, did not have to play in the fourth quarter, only logging about 29 minutes in this one. Yeah, and, you know, just going back to his three-point shot, uh, you know, come basically coming back to him, I saw it, you see it early on, it opens up every ass, you know, aspect of his game. Uh, I believe it was like maybe like the first like three or four minutes, KD comes down. Uh, I don't know if it was a handoff or a pass to Kyrie, but Kyrie could have shot the three. I thought he was going to, but he pump fakes, dribbles in, you know, pull up 15 footer. But the amount of separation he had because the defender had to close out, had to respect the three point shot that Kyrie's been, you know, he's been killing it as of late, you know. Like I said, it just opens up so much more for this Nets offense when you have to respect the fact that Kyrie can go nuclear from three at any point. So, oh, look at that. He pump fakes, drives in, and if he's not going to take that 15-footer, he might throw a lob to Claxton or he might find an open Seth Curry or Joe Harris in the corner. Uh, when Kyrie Irving is playing at this type of level, on all three levels, a three-level type scoring beat, th- th- this, Nets off- this Nets offense, uh, the sky's the limit. Yeah, especially like you said, when he's shooting off the dribble on those pick and roll situations, you can't play drop. Now you're having the big show and now Clax is getting an opportunity to get a mismatch down low or a chance to roll to the rim. So a lot of good things and the Nets are just continuing to find ways to attack the defense. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the hardest way. You know, it's not like they're relying on ISO. There are games where they have to go a little more ISO heavy. Maybe the shots aren't falling. Your guys are banged up or not playing to their high level. You know, you look back to that Hawks game. But a game like tonight, they finished with 32 assists, just playing team basketball. Yeah, and I, I, I like there there will always be a time for ISO ball. Like they, the bad Nets shooting games two... will happen from three. That's just the yeah. way the NBA is. Yeah, the Nets have two of the best isolation players in the league, so it's it's only natural that uh, you know at some points of the game they're just going to be like, all right, I'm just going to take my guy one on one. It is what it is. That's fine. The, the The problem is when you get into a, a low and you get you know complacent with it. Uh, but like you said, you know, 30 plus assists. It's just sometimes isolation can open up, you know, a more free flowing offense and vice versa, uh, because with the more free flowing offense, maybe you get more, you know, one chances to go one on one because people got to respect and stay with shooters or stay with clacks as the role. So, you know, right now the Nets are cooking, they're humming, the offense is humming and Kyrie Irving is is one of the lead conductors of it. Yeah, it's kind of just pick your poison with this team when Kyrie and Katie are playing at this level and they have, you know, role players really executing. Finished tonight with 62% from the field, 58 of 33, 11 of 21 from three at 52% from three. So this team was just scorching, got whatever shot they needed. Spurs, one of the worst teams in the league and one of the worst defenses, but didn't matter. You know, the Nets would probably would have done this to a lot of teams with the way that they're playing right now. Let's move to Kevin Durant, finished with 25 points, 10 of 14 from the field, 0-1 from three, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, three rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, one block, two turnovers, was plus 21. KD, 
easy work for him again, not having to play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, just uh, is, is it? I don't even know if is it fair to say just a quiet twenty five. Yeah, light like, work. It's, just just light work like oh wow he made an uh you know and one jumper oh hey, cool oh, that's casual for him now you know if you pull up jumpers cool you know a little layup here oh wait he has 25 like like it, it's just becoming so natural like if you're if, if you're a betting person kevin durant 25 plus points tonight is an automatic hit it, it is what it is whatever type of money you have get a second mortgage on the house kd <laughs> 25 a night unless those rare times where he doesn't get 25 uh <laughs> but what sticks out to me most important of, of course, I know it's going to stick out to you. 11 assists. Yep. When Kevin Durant is distributing the basketball, good things happen for this Nets team. Um, who would have thought going into this game when you have, you know, the likes of, of you know, distributors like a Ben Simmons. Kyrie Irving has been known to distribute the ball. You know, Seth Curry as well. But Kevin Durant, a game high, 11 assists. Are you kidding me? Nah, it's, yeah. that's just not fair. And only two turnovers, you know, just really going out there and executing and reading the defense and setting guys up. And you could even tell in the second half of this game, he was trying to incorporate the role players, getting Dayron Sharp some shots in the paint and things like that. And between Ben and KD, 20 assists. Oh, boy, that is say when you get 20 assists combined from two people and you're starting lineup, uh, good things uh, are, are bound to happen. Uh, yeah. But like, when, like you said, that the the two turnovers, we know. The, the 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 turnover struggle that KD has had, you know, for the beginning part of this season. Uh, so only two on the night uh, is is good to see. I think only I think the starting five only had five total turnovers on the game, uh, if my math is correct. But you know, just lo- love to see it. Rebounding is at three. That uh, did not help me in my bets tonight, but it's okay because I'll take the dub. Um, and only one three point attempt shot. I, I yeah. didn't even realize he only took uh, one. I've noticed he has been taking around like maybe between two and four a game, especially during this 12 game stretch. So only, but hey, if you don't need KD to shoot threes and you can still blow out a team by 30 points, hey, you'll take it every time. Yeah. And I think a lot of this game felt like it was in transition or semi transition. So just kind of pushing the ball between him and Ben Simmons and, you know, just looking for those open guys. And as I mentioned, the Spurs, pretty bad team and they made it easy on the Nets. I think the Nets finished tonight with 24 fast break points. So just a lot of good things in that aspect. But we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Chase Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Moving over to another starter, Nick Claxton. Solid game for him. 10 points, 5-8 from the field, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 3 blocks, 2 turnovers. You know, you could even say this is a bad game for Clax because he missed more than two shots. Yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> I, I think the uh, field goal percentage is going to dip, so that's not good. But, yeah, just so- solid overall game for Clax. Not a, you know, not a dominant showing on the boards, um, you know, but you, you're going up against, you know, some some lengthy and some tall guys over there on, on the Spurs side. So not too mad at that. The Nets, as a, as a team, I thought did a great job of, of gang rebounding. So everybody was getting on the action. Uh, I, I'm looking at the starting lineup. Everybody had four plus except for Kevin Durant, which is still <laughs> funny, but you know, and he's, and he's been rebounding pretty well. And in not too long ago, we had a 16 rebound game. So it's just really high right? and cold with his rebounding and almost the same thing with Clax and Ben Simmons. It almost feels like one night, someone's going to be a good rebound and the other guys are just going to kind of tag along. Yeah. I know Simmons stole about three Clax and rebounds yep. uh, from him tonight, which again, did not help me in my bets. Uh, <laughs> but These blowouts are getting hard to predict. You know, that's they, what it really is. When the team plays the full four quarters, you have a better idea what's going to happen. But when they're getting the fourth quarter off, and not having to really try in the third, it's tough. That that is that is absolutely true. But you know, another multi-block game for Claxton, uh, three tonight. Uh, he's just he's he's just playing so well. And you see when when he he's he's a great rim protector. He switches out onto guards. Uh, I thought the Nets as a whole did a fantastic job on defense. Like you said, it felt like they were out in transition for half of the game because of all the the the, the hands in the passing lanes, the deflections, the tip passes, the block shots. Like they. It was a true group effort, you know, and again, spearheaded by Nick Claxton. Yeah, and Clax has just been, as you said, you know, finding his groove and just really ascending as a player, and the three blocks just seem casual now. You know, that's not a big deal. We've seen him have multiple six-block games. So just, you know, where he's playing 20 minutes and still putting up these numbers is really impressive because these are numbers we've wanted to see from him in the last season, and now it's kind of been the low bar for Claxton is 10 points, five rebounds, and three blocks. So kind of just shows the strides he's made as a player. Uh, Royce O'Neal not playing tonight, so Seth Curry got the start. Was an opportunity for Seth to really get some shots up. Finished with 16 points, 6-12 from the field, 4-7 from three, four rebounds, one assist, one steal. You know, it was good to see Seth knock down some shots and get an opportunity to be more involved, but not something I think we'll typically see on a regular night if everyone's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you'll 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 take it. You know, the sixteen points, four or seven from three. I know a lot of people were kind of confused once the once the Royce news dropped on the timeline. You know, I think like thirty minutes before tip off, and they saw that Curry was going to be in the starting lineup. I saw a lot of people concerned, like, "Oh, why would you play Curry next to to Kyrie?" And like, "Oh, how is this going to work?" And things like that. I'm like, my first thought was, I mean, it's the Spurs, so yep. <laughs> if, if if there's a game to maybe tinker and see how Seth would work, how how this type of lineup would work. You might as well do it. And, you know, he stepped up plus 24, um, you know, plus minus. He got off to a little bit of a hot start. He missed a layup, so I'm not going to hold it against him. But I thought for what you wanted from Seth tonight, you got. 
Yeah, and hopefully this kind of allows him to get more comfortable and find his groove off the bench because he's had a lot of cold nights. And tonight, even started off not super warm, but that has got into the second quarter and was getting more touches, running those dribble handoffs with Ben, you know, knock down some shots. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Seth. Maybe it's even a little bit of chance to showcase him with that trade, you know, deadline approaching in the next two months. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens because, you know, as you mentioned, I'm not a huge fan of the small guard backcourt, but against the Spurs, it really doesn't matter. And I think that was really showcased in the second quarter of this game. The Nets played a lineup including, you know, Patty Mills and Dayron Sharp. And against most teams, they're going to go straight at those two. The Spurs being the Spurs weren't able to really do much, and the Nets were able to extend their lead in the second quarter. Hey, look, man, if Kyrie Irving is catching putback dunks, you have no, you have, you don't have to worry about size in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really true. I mean, it, it's just rough for the Spurs right now, and obviously, uh, they're tanking for a specific player in this upcoming NBA draft. But moving over to Ben Simmons, another quiet night for Ben. Uh, four points, two of five from the field, six rebounds, and nine assists. Did have three steals as well. I will say he was active defensively, but offensively and attacking the rim is still, you know, m- more to improve on. Yeah, remember how I said KD 25 plus points is a lock? Well, Ben Simmons under like 9.5 is is becoming a lock too. Like it's almost like he's reverting back to what he was in November. Um, he's not at least to me, it doesn't seem like he's looking to score as much. Yeah, he had a very I thought he had a very impressive drive to the hoop uh, early in that first quarter, a little nice, you know, up and under layup. But after and I thought that was going to be a springboard for him, but it really didn't look like he had too much interest in scoring the basketball. Which again, you can't nitpick too much in a you know such a lopsided win like this. And the assist numbers are there, right? Nine. He's he's doing a good job on the board. Six rebounds, three steals. He had his hands in the passing lane. He was getting the nets out in transition. He was doing all those good things, and but still like. As good as the nets are playing right now, could you imagine how much better they could be? If Ben was just a little bit more aggressive, if you could bump that four points a night to maybe like 10, 11, 12, you know, just just keeping the the, the defense honest, you know, and again, yep. nobody's asking him to take jump shots or anything like that. But hey, if you have an open lane to the basket, take it. You know, sometimes the the extra pass isn't always the right pass. Stop trying to look for the perfect pass and just go to the basket. Yeah, I think in transition too, he's uh, too timid. You know, he's passing the ball too early because teams are realizing he's not a threat because he's not, he hasn't showcased he's willing to attack the rim. And there was a layup he missed in this game where it's just like Ben Simmons dunked the basketball. You know, it's really, it's really that simple. And I think athletically and physically, there hopefully is still another level for him to hit because when he starts trying to dunk on people is when you're going to feel a lot more confident about his ability because there's just going to be a level of, you know, aggression when attacking the room and really truly being a threat. And we saw it slightly for that stint before he was dealing with the knee soreness. But now, like you mentioned, he's kind of getting back to the form we saw early in the season where he just isn't looking to score the basketball and he doesn't have to score a ton. He just has to score enough to keep the defense honest. And, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this uh, too, but a lot of times in transition, I'm noticing if he knows that somebody is behind him, like uh, somebody's trailing like KD or Kyrie or even like maybe Joe Harris, he'll do that little drop off pass. Yeah. Like, like 35, 40 feet from the basket, which sometimes that's cool. Like, all right, great. You know, cause the, you got the defense on their heels. They're not really expecting somebody to pull up in transition, but sometimes it's beginning. It's becoming to get a little bit too predictable. Yep. Um, And at that point, I, I kind of like to see him actually take it to the basket. Like he's again, he's six foot eight, six, nine weighs like two forty. He's a, he's an absolute freight train in transition. And he needs to remember that. 
right? Yeah. Like he can he can run through people's chests, and I just don't understand why he's not doing it. Yeah, and I think it's obviously has a lot to do with the free throw thing, not looking to go to the line. But I think he has to understand at some point, even if he's not da- knocking down the free throws, it's still benefiting the Nets to get the other team in foul trouble. So still more to be desired from Ben. And I think it's attainable for the rest of the season. You know, I put out a poll a couple of days ago. It was like, who will improve more throughout the rest of the season? You know, TJ Warren or Ben Simmons? And I think that's a, a real question because obviously TJ still getting his legs under him, but he's continuing to you know, trend upwards where Ben is kind of all over the place, up and down. And, you know, by the end of the year, TJ could even be having more impact on the team. We'll see how that plays out. What are your thoughts on that, Justin? I mean, I guess I, me personally, I would say it's probably TJ. And I don't know if it's mo- mostly an improvement. I think it's just TJ kind of re- getting back to who he was. Uh, there, Every game, it seems like he's getting, you know, I'd say better and better, but reverting back to the form we saw in Indiana and kind of in that bubble with Ben, we, we see it. I just don't have the confidence that it's going to continue. I think we might just see spurts, but nothing too continuous. You know, we'll have those spurts like, okay, he's being aggressive for like maybe like two weeks. Then we'll get back to these type of spurts where it's, oh, four points. He's only taking four shots a game. He's, he's looking to pass way more than he's looking to, you know, score. At least with TJ, you know, he's going to go in, he's going to get his, uh, he's always looking to be aggressive because he knows when he's aggressive, it opens up the floor for everybody else. So I guess I would, it answers the question. Like I, I have more confidence in TJ, I guess, uh, than Ben at this point. Yeah. I think the trend is easier to see for TJ ascending upwards where Ben, is just very up and down, but hopefully we're wrong. And Ben is able to, you know, continually improve and get back to, you know, the peaks we saw him play with in Philadelphia, but talking about TJ, had an awesome game tonight, 18 points, 9 of 13 from the field, one rebound, two steals, two blocks, one turnover, and was a big reason the Nets didn't have to look to bring the starters back and were able to really just have an easy night out there. Bringing a guy like this off the bench is a huge luxury, luxury, and you're really starting to see it pay off as he gets fully healthy. Yeah, I mean, I know I've talked about this on the few times I've been on the pod this year, but you got a guy coming off the bench that can erupt for 30 points a night. He can go, he can run for 30 points at any given time. And you see it's, it's so methodical, right? Um, it, it's not flashy. Uh, it, it's not going to make any type of highlight reels. Like it's not like a Kevin Durant, like, Oh, one legged three pointer. It's not like a Kyrie step back fadeaway. It's just, he gets to his spot. He knows what he's got to do. Puts the ball in the hoop floater, little mid range, you know, little, little hanging jumper, whatever it is. TJ Warren has it in his very, very expansive tool chest. Um, and he just gets the job done. Efficient, 9 of 13. I, it almost felt like that beginning of the fourth quarter, like the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, he was just kind of using that time as, all right, I'm just going to get myself right. I'm going to practice these shots, you know, get myself in more of a rhythm for, you know, the next games to come. Uh, but, but right now, TJ is looking very, very good. Um, and the sky's the limit, again, for this team, if TJ gets to that next level. Yeah, and really active defensively with two steals and two blocks, has great hands, and as you mentioned, offensively, just smooth. You know, he he's also another guy that doesn't seem like he's trying too hard out there, and that mid-range game is super soft and just has a great touch to it, and it's just going to be a weapon, you know, especially if he can get fully physically feeling good to playing, you know, regular 25 to 30 minutes a game and, you know, showcasing that solid defense we've seen from him. But I guess moving over to Utah Watanabe and Joe Harris, you know, you mentioned Utah with the dunk and the three and he had that little stretch. Joe's first game back from injury looked really spry. Any thoughts on those two? Uh, I was surprised that Utah only got 12 minutes tonight. Um, again, not 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 to be too nitpicky in, in such a big win. 
Um, I thought he would probably get a little bit more run, like with the reserves uh, towards the end of the game. But I thought the energy he brought in the first half was very, very good. Um, again, he just continues to do all the all the right things, be in all the right spots. You know, five rebounds on the night, seven points plus twelve. Hit his one three, hit his free throws. You know, so I believe he had a dunk in this game as well. Yep. So you, know, you, you, I, you can't have anything and no no faults with Utah. Sam with Joe. Hey, love the fact that he just came down as soon as checking in and pulled a three in transition. I absolutely love that because it shows that he's not, he, he has no fear of, you know, the injury, the ankle being injured or uh, sorry, not the ankle, the, the knee, uh, you know, and, and, and any lingering effects there. Um, eight points, one of two from three, but you know, I, I like the energy I saw from him in this first game back. He looked pretty spry out there. You know, he's, other times he's come back from injury and look a little sluggish. He had some good elevation on his jumper. So hopefully a positive trend for Joe. And like you said, with Utah, you know, did his thing in the limited time he played. I wouldn't be surprised if Utah saw limited minutes just because maybe that hamstring is just lingering in touch. He was the third sub off the bench. I think uh, Vaughn went with TJ and then Patty Mills, which was a surprise to not really anyone, <laughs> but a disappointment. <laughs> but it didn't matter in this one. Um, yeah. And thoughts i guess on patty and dayron sharp who saw some real minutes in this game the rest of the guys mostly just saw garbage time in terms of cam thomas and edmund sumner i wasn't you know what I, and i root for dayron you know you, you gotta root for the for the young guys but i what i just wasn't overly impressed with the minutes he was putting out there there was a few times where i think there was one specific time in the first half where i think katie was calling for the ball in the high post is either the high post or the mid post, and Dayron just did not get him the ball. Yeah, uh, and we he was like, and Katie it was one of those times where like Katie like angrily clapped, um, you know, to get the ball. Uh, he had a move, another moving screen, like I say, death taxes. Dayron Sharp moving screen. Uh, you know, he's he's active on the boards again. He's a big body, you know, so I like seeing him the three assists. I thought he was going to bank in that that three pointer at the end, mm. uh, but. And there was that that one sequence where he's just like all over the place, and the Nets are playing like globetrotter basketball. Yep. Uh, but and he can't finish inside over like another big. I think that's what's frustrating. With him. It's just it is, like use your body and create some space. I know we've talked about we talked about this so many times with Dayron, but he if he just learns and remembers just how big of a guy he is, he could get so many more easy buckets or at least draw fouls. You know, like use a pump fake here yep. and there. Uh, but he, it almost looks like he's he's going too fast, and when he he doesn't have great control of the ball, when he when he gets you know low passes and things like that, when he puts the ball on the floor, forget about it. So, like I said, not overly thrilled with his minutes. Uh, is a reason why he hasn't seen a lot of minutes uh, this season for Brooklyn. But and and as far for uh, as and for he Patty, might not have even seen minutes tonight if Markeith Morris wasn't out. Yeah. No, I, 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 absolutely. Like when he checked in, I was like, all right, this has to be because the Nets are, you know, kind of depleted, um, you know, in, in the front court. But as for Patty, yeah, I have no comment. It is, <laughs> he, he was out there for he was out there for cardio. Twenty. Yeah. He played 23 minutes, scored two points, one of four from the field. Like, I mean, I could have done that. I, 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 I could probably get you two points, you know, probably draw a foul here and there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's try it. No, um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Patty obviously has his struggles, and if he's not hitting the three ball at a crazy rate, it's almost impossible to keep on the floor. And then even, I want to say it was that Hawks game that I mentioned before, he played in the second quarter, hit three threes, and was still minus eight. So Patty defensively has major issues to his game, and I agree with Dayron. 
I agree with your thoughts on Dayron. I thought the same thing. Uh, watching the game, it's just you can clearly see he's not a polished NBA player yet. It's just a lot of sloppiness around his game. You know, there's it's going to be that way with a young player, but he's a guy that clearly just needs more reps on the floor, and and, and not with this type of team. You know, not with a championship level team. You know, with uh, a team like the Spurs, it would make more sense for him to play. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because like you see his, you know, when he goes down to the G League, he absolutely kills it. But whatever it is there, it's just not translating to, you know, the big squad. And, you know, maybe like maybe it is what you said. He just needs a little bit more reps. This is definitely not the type of team he needs to be around. He's a a guy. He doesn't stretch the floor. He's a lumbering big. So it makes more sense for him to be in a team with a more, you know, the team centered around that type of play. But. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, the, the expectations for him, you know, those those little bursts. I, I still remember, like, we, I think all Nets fans remember that one game against the, uh, ironically, the Bulls, that, that's the Nets, the Nets' next opponent, that Bulls game on ESPN where the world got introduced to Dayron Sharp, and you're like, oh, my God, this could be our center of the future, and he just hasn't taken the next step, um, which is unfortunate, but, hey, it is what it is. Just some places just aren't the right fit, like this team with Cam. Cam Thomas, I know, I know he got into the game, played the entire fourth quarter, nine points. The Nets are not the right team for Cam Thomas. Uh, it'll always be Cam Hive, but look, this is a guy that he needs the ball in his hands to operate. We saw what he did in that Indiana Pacers game. Uh, he doesn't need to be playing third or fourth fiddle to you know some superstars on a championship caliber team. He needs to be the guy on a probably rebuilding team where they can put pieces around him that you know, you know, up up, up his level of play. Yeah, or even be a six-man somewhere or something. I think, and I don't think it's even like the fact that Camp can't be a role player on this team. I think it's just the way that he's programmed to play basketball. He just is more successful, you know, with the ball in his hands rather than doing some of the extra work and looking to be more of a playmaker. I think, you know, you show he showcased kind of probably why he's not getting minutes just because of where he excels on the floor. You know, if he showcased maybe more playmaking and different things, it'd be easier to play him out there. But at the, at this time, it's just, you understand why, you know, guys like Edmund Sumner are getting substantially more minutes than him. And Sumner really didn't even play in the regular rotation tonight. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, but you know, it's crazy. Like, like can you, can you believe we actually have negative things to talk about in a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is it 36 point win <laughs> yeah i mean that's where we're at right now i mean it's uh getting old winning these games now but uh it, it really is just so different from where the nets were a year ago or even the year before you know these blowout victories were far and in between and it seems like a regular basis now when the bad team is on on the you know on the schedule you feel like the nets are going to blow them out but justin any other thoughts on this game or any thoughts on the 12 game win streak uh, we're finally beating the Spurs. So <laughs> kind of cool. Uh, I, cause I, I, they brought it up on the broadcast and Only I totally took forgot. 20 years. <laughs> I know. Right. Like, you know, now, now it's going to be really real when we do it later in the month, um, in San Antonio, then I'll really feel like, you know, we, we are the team of destiny, but, uh, overall came in, got the job done. That's did what they have to do. Like you said, finally just seeing a bad team on the schedule and putting the game away early. The game was over at halftime, basically. Uh, um, Again, dominant performance by 7-11. I mean, just just look at the efficiency. You combine their numbers, their shooting percentage, their their shooting numbers. I think they were tw- 11 of 28 from the field. Like that's insane. Like they they combined for I know they combined for half the Nets points in the first half. Like it's 
what we're watching, I remember what was the Kevin Durant tweet? Uh, we're watching a spiritual performance or something like that. Like yeah. it's watching these guys night in and night out has just been a joy. And this is what Nets fans have, you know, this is what we've expected for, you know, the three, four years they've been on the team, you know, finally it happened where they can all just kind of gel at once. But man, it's, it's a good time to be a Nets fan right now. Yeah, 21 of 28 from the field and four of six from three. Both guys shooting over 70%. Kyrie almost at 80% tonight. Really just insane stuff and playing great basketball. And some good competition coming up. You have the Bulls on Wednesday and then the Pelicans on Friday. It does look like Zion could potentially be out. He left tonight's game. But the schedule is picking up. The Nets are picking up their play of basketball. And they're rising in the standings. Only one game behind Boston. But, Justin, always a pleasure. Big thanks to everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com